Hello and welcome to the SEC Basketball Fever Cast. I'm your host, Carter Michaels. Alongside me, as always, it's William Wallace. Hey, uh, William, what's up? Did you do anything fun? What's up? Uh, no. Nothing interesting happened? Uh, not really. I don't mm. know. It was a long weekend, for sure. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm struggling to remember, uh, you know, everything like, that happened. But yeah, it was A it was few right. hours ago, even. Yeah. Yeah. I, we all have those. Well... We'll, we'll refresh you then and just jump right into everything that happened this weekend, starting with, of course, some news. Um, you know, we talked about Missouri hiring Kwanzaa Martin last week, mm. and uh, LSU made made a little hire of their own. It wasn't Tom Crean. No! I know. We almost did it. We almost made it happen, I like to think. Um, but actually, uh, VCU's Will Wade is the hire there. So what do you think about that hire? Uh, good choice. Uh, I mean, obviously I'm super disappointed. <laughs> you wanted Tom Crean. Yeah. Basically nothing could have, could have beaten Tom Crean in terms of memeiness. Sure. Uh, which is really what, you know, Tom Crean would have been, would have been a good coach at LSU, but the memes, mm. we got to think about the memes yeah. that, we've, that have been lost this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, but yeah, Will Wade, uh, he's, he's been good at uh, at VCU um, in the short time he's been there. So I, I think he'll be good at LSU. I think I think a lot of coaches could be successful at LSU. Yeah, uh, he's super young, which is interesting. They're kind of going along with the uh, template made by like Florida and Vanderbilt uh, recently. Just hire a super young, seemingly pretty good coach uh, out of VCU. Um, he's only 34. We're getting to the point where like, Coaches are like only a little bit older than I am that are being hired, which is like kind of weird. Well, that means it's almost your time. Yeah. If anybody, if anybody wants me to coach their basketball team, yeah, just come on down. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it for a tenth of what these guys are making. <laughs> so consider that. Yeah. Consider that my resume right there. Just I'm cheap. Might not be we'll good, work but for just... free admission well, no, to basketball games. Not free. I need like money, but not not a ton. You know, I'm a, oh, okay. I'm a simple man. So anyway, <laughs> Will Wade, um, Coach VCU. Yeah, I, I think this was kind of like doesn't necessarily set the world on fire, but is a really solid hire. I think I don't think anybody would argue that it's not. Yeah, I mean, only four coaches, four years of head coaching experience, but made the NCAA tournament twice at VCU. Um, definitely a little bit of a rebuilding job at LSU, though. So we'll see how mm-hmm. he's able to do that. But he's got plenty of time. I mean, yeah, you got at least like forty years of him at LSU. So I hope you like him. <laughs> um, so that that's uh, well. Also, we talked about it last week a little bit. Michael Porter Jr. We don't normally talk recruiting on this podcast, but we're going to mention it because this it's kind of a big deal. Uh, so we mentioned that his dad was hired by Missouri as an assistant. Um, and he decommitted from Washington this week and committed to Missouri. So, number one overall player for the second time in three... Well, it might be a third year in a row. I don't actually... Was Monk or Fox I, I, the top recruit? Oh, Yeah, I, I believe. Don't, I don't remember. Um, but at least the, the second time in three years that the, the top recruit has gone to a school that wasn't Kentucky in the SEC. So wow, yeah. Uh, how will it go better than Ben Simmons did at uh, LSU? 
I, I think almost any any team and any coach could handle that better than LSU and Johnny Jones handled it. Really, really, uh, just a real high bar you're setting there. Yeah, I, I think it's going to go at least 100% better than that one. <laughs> so, like, I mean, LSU was kind of a bubble team, you know. Do you think, does this put Missouri? Don't want to speculate too much about next year. We'll have another episode for that. But does mm-hmm. this kind of move Missouri up that far in your, I guess, um, like rankings, preseason rankings next year? Uh, up around bubble area, uh, they could they could do it. I mean, you know, they, they've they've got they've got a good coach, uh, a coach who maybe has a little underperformed with you know based mm. on the level of talent that mm. he's had. But not. Mm. I mean, come on, we're not talking about. Still, we're not talking about Johnny Jones here. Uh, I, I I definitely think that they will climb significantly from dead last in the universe. Uh, that more, they should not. More, I, I more than eight wins about a, is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. I, I wouldn't be worried about, you know, a situation like LSU ran into, um, like severe underwhelming. But, uh, yeah, I think we can really expect Missouri to, to beat some people. They won't be a complete team just because of one player, but I, I think we can really expect good things uh, when we haven't seen a lot of good things from them in the past few years. So Yeah. Um, another Speaking of teams that are um, maybe going to make a big jump next year, uh, Robert Williams III announced this week that he is going to stay at Texas A&M. Probably would have been a lottery pick. Uh, that's a lot of money to leave that on is the amazing. line. But, I mean, you know, that is, that's his decision. Good for him. Uh, A&M now looks really terrifying for next year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Gosh, who, whoever convinced him to stay deserves all the money in the world. That, I, that's, a, that's an amazing decision. Yeah, so um, whether that's good or bad for him, we'll see. I mean, obviously, I hope it works out for the best for him. Uh, but uh, another interesting move. A lot, of, a lot of these bottom teams in the conference seemingly looking like they're going to move up. It, it, I feel like we're getting towards, you know, singularity of, of all 14 teams being tournament teams. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's it for for news stuff that at least that I have. Um, so let's let's talk actual basketball games. First, on Tuesday we had a little NIT action. You know, Ole Miss has been doing their thing in the NIT. Um, mm-hmm. Alabama and Georgia kind of they they showed up, I guess. But Ole Miss actually won some games. Good for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, played Georgia Tech at home, their first home game of the NIT, uh, and. Final score of that one, Georgia Tech 74, Ole Miss 66. Womp womp. Yeah, well, no NIT Final Four for you. Um, I'm a little bit sad. Not, not going to lie. Because it just would have been fun to, like, yeah, I mean, the NIT... subtly neg Ole Miss for, for winning the <laughs> Right, NIT. right, you know. Hanging, a, hanging an NIT banner. Uh, always, always <laughs> fun. So, not every team in the conference does this, but... And Ole Miss probably would. I'd imagine mm-hmm. there's some NIT banners in Ole Miss's arena. Um, so we'll move on to the real games. <laughs> Friday, there were there were all three or yeah, all three of the SEC teams that were still around played on Friday in the Sweet 16. Uh, let's see, let's, let's start with South Carolina. They were in their first Sweet 16 since 
1973. So would have made sense for them to just kind of be like, yeah, we did it. Cool. Playing Baylor, whatever. Uh, final score of that game, South Carolina 70, third seed of Baylor 50. Woo! So this was, I mean, it was not close at nope. all. South Never Carolina's played. defense just took over in this game. Uh, Baylor just couldn't get anything going the entire night. Um, what, I mean, what was it an 18-0 run for South Carolina in the first half? Yep. Baylor went about eight minutes without scoring a single point mm-hmm. in the first half. Yeah. Uh, this is actually South Carolina's lowest scoring performance of the tournament, and they held Baylor to 50. So that's pretty solid uh, if you mm-hmm. can score your lowest amount and still win by 20. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, South Carolina just dominating performance, um, playing their best basketball now. They move on to the Elite Eight, their first ever Elite Eight in program history. Uh, yeah. Pretty incredible. I, I mean, I don't think anybody expected this from the Gamecocks. So, good for them. Uh, I'm, so, I'm so proud. Single Frank Martin tier. Mm, yes. Just permanently in my eye right now. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so next up, let's see. This this is in the South bracket. Move move over there real quick. Uh, Kentucky played UCLA again. They lost to UCLA the first time earlier this season in Rupp Arena. This mm-hmm. time it went a little bit differently. Two seed Kentucky eighty six, three seed UCLA seventy five. Uh, this game was, I mean, pretty close throughout, and Kentucky sort of just pulled away at the end. Yeah. Started to play a little defense, something that we said that they mm-hmm. would have to do yeah. uh, effectively against UCLA in order to be able to compete. Um, they kept it close throughout the game, but they were not really stopping UCLA from scoring mm-hmm. uh, uh, until about midway through the second half. Yeah. And something clicked. De'Aaron Fox just, I mean, 39 points. Masterful performance by him. Um, yeah. he, he was just... I mean, he he has been Kentucky's best player this tournament, I think, um, bar none. Oh yeah, this is not the only game that he's he's taken over mm-hmm. uh, in the in the month of March. Uh, he's he's put the team on his back at times. Uh, he he deserves all the all the credit for for where they're at. They're all talented. Uh, Bam Adebayo has had great moments, but De'Aaron Fox uh, is has been really spectacular. Yeah. Um, so I mean, De'Aaron Fox basically. He saw Lonzo Ball, and uh, I think he won that matchup uh, the second time, at least thirty-nine to ten. Lonzo Ball mm-hmm. and scoring ten, uh, and that, I mean, I think that's the key for Kentucky was De'Aaron Fox just taking over um, throughout this game, especially there at the end, sinking some key free throws. Um, mm-hmm. So Kentucky moves on to the Elite Eight. So that's two SEC teams in the Elite Eight. So we wondered going in, would we get the Florida South Carolina Elite Eight that we dreamed of? at the start of this tournament. Uh, had to go through Wisconsin, um, the eight seed, who, who you know, playing pretty well. Um, this game was super late. I mean, gosh, it started... Had to, it had to have started at 11 Eastern in, in New York City. Gosh, yeah, I'm not I sure. Mean, it was <laughs> it was super late. Um, final score of this game, in overtime... Florida 84, Wisconsin 83. First overtime game of the tournament. First buzzer beater of the tournament. Florida wins on a just last second heave. Well, I mean, it wasn't really. It was. It honestly was like a. It looked like he just kind of, you know, it was a floater. It wasn't even really like a three pointer, but he, he just run. Um, Chris Chioza was just running so fast. 
and then I was I was shocked to find out that it was a three pointer. Looking yeah, at, even was, looking back at the replay, it doesn't doesn't look like a three pointer. Yeah, I mean because he you know he lands like under the basket. So, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, this was I mean because Wisconsin just had their buzzer beater uh, to I mean seconds ago to take the lead. Um, yeah, and then and or, or sorry they they had this thing in a different game. Uh, Wisconsin actually they hit a they hit a buzzer beater to go into overtime, tied up with three seconds left. So not really does, mm-hmm. but whatever. Um, and then in overtime, Wisconsin takes the lead, you know, four seconds left. Just, I mean, I didn't have much faith in Florida at this point. They hadn't been shooting the ball super great in overtime, barely managed to get it tied with 20 seconds left. Um, and then Chris Chioza, I mean, he went, he probably had time to go lay it in, honestly. I mean, he was, mm-hmm. he was, gosh, he got down the court in two seconds. Yeah. Like, so fast. Um, and so, yeah, that's, I mean, probably the shot of the tournament so far, I would say. Uh, just amazing game. This this probably the best game in the tournament, I'd say. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Just, I mean, both teams back and forth. Florida looked down early, uh, managed to climb all the way back before halftime. Uh, took a decent lead in the second half, and then, you know, they, they did that thing where they just kind of, stopped scoring for a long time. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, Wisconsin managed to make up eight points in the final, uh, like two minutes of the game. And really it was, you know, a missed three pointer away from winning this game. So, uh, yeah, just fantastic game. I really enjoyed watching it. Didn't mind staying up late. Although I like went straight no. to sleep after this game. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, yeah a, no, a f- fantastic awesome. individual performances, which was what stood out to me. Mm. Nigel Hayes, as we pointed out before, the game was 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 really great. Uh, Kevon Allen had thirty five points for Florida. Did not even score. You know, doesn't even get the spotlight because he was not the man who hit the, mm-hmm. the game winner. Yeah, but thirty five points um, is. I'm not sure if that's his career high, but it has to be close. Uh, an amazing performance from him as well. Uh, everybody was, I mean, this is why we watch the, the NCAA tournament. This mm-hmm. is what we hope to see when we watch the tournament. And we got it from a four and an eight seed in the yeah. eight, or I uh, guess this is 16. 16. Yeah. Uh, but it was, it was super sweet. So Florida is also elite. They get matched up with South Carolina in the, uh, East bracket. Uh, I meant to mention Kentucky would get matched up with one seed North Carolina, uh, so both of those games are on Sunday. Before we move on to the Elite Eight, um, just looking at the bracket here. So just looking at this Elite Eight, what what jumps out to you? Uh, oh, God. I don't have my bracket in front of me. Well, but um, let's see. The SEC, mm. near and dear to our hearts. Yes. As as well as the rest of the basketball world, I'm I'm sure. I haven't asked them all. I'm, I assume that they all are very pleased with this result. Yeah, I mean, three teams in the uh, Elite Eight. How many t- How many teams did we start the tournament with? Five. About, about five? Yeah. So mm-hmm. more more than 50% of our of our tournament participants mm-hmm. are uh, Elite Eight quality. Yeah. Um, I mean, the SEC had three teams go down the list. Um, next highest, uh, let's see, was every other conference. Well, not every conference, but the conferences that were left. West Coast Conference had one, Gonzaga. Big East mm-hmm. had one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pac-12 had one. Big 12 had one. 
ACC had one. Uh, no Big Ten. Hmm. Anywhere. I don't, I don't see that. Did they Did they know that the tournament was happening? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I mean, heard a lot. Heard a lot of that first round. But hmm. not as much after the Sweet 16 from them. Interesting. Uh, yeah, so the SEC, clearly the most elite conference in the country. Yeah. That's uh, indisputable. And yeah, and so Florida and South Carolina guaranteed at least one team would make the Final Four. The only question was, which one? So let's look at that. Um, so we, we got an SEC game in New York City in the like towards the end of March in the Elite Eight. I mean, not many people thought that would happen. Obviously, we did. <laughs> yeah. You know, we were from the beginning, said so we guarantee. You don't have to go back and listen. I can just tell you. We, we just straight up guaranteed that this is going to happen. Right. Had Honestly, no, we're surprised no when it doesn't happen. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Vanderbilt and Arkansas, where'd they go? Uh, <laughs> so, we had South Carolina and Florida on Sunday, March 26th, uh, meeting number three between these teams. So, just jump right into this one. Uh, for a trip to the Final Four, final score, South Carolina, 77, Florida, 70. South Carolina makes their first ever Final Four in this tournament uh, as a seven seed. Just incredible. I mean, Frank Martin, the job he has done with this team is one of the best coaching jobs I think in in SEC history. Uh, mm-hmm. At least in the last, you know, since I've been alive. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, South Carolina had not even been to an Elite Eight before this. This is their first Elite Eight game. Uh, and now they're going to be in Phoenix at the Final Four next week. Uh, just incredible. Yeah, to take to take that team in there and beat Duke mm-hmm. in the second round the way that they yeah. did. Um, you know, a team, a team that's never been to the Elite Eight before, m- making the Sweet 16 for the first time in f- almost 50 years. Mm-hmm. You might think there would have been a little bit of a hangover. Maybe they think that's that's their limit, that's their ceiling. Um, but they have they they went in and just completely pantsed their opponent in the next round. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that's the shocking thing. Is South Carolina won these games so emphatically? I mean, obviously they were they were, some of them were close, but like you know, this game, like the Duke game, ended with a South Carolina breakaway dunk. Just you know, the crowd's mm-hmm. going crazy. Uh, credit to the South Carolina fans. They they showed up in New York. Oh, yeah. I mean, they've been waiting for this a long time, so I don't blame them. Uh, they, they certainly deserve it. Um, yeah, I mean, just just really awesome to watch. A great story. Um, Frank Martin, you know, uh, the, the world has fallen in love with Frank Martin. And oh, I, his suits. His oh, suits yeah. especially. Well, yeah, you know, and just his <laughs> general demeanor. Yeah, uh, on the sideline and off, uh, you know, I, I think he is definitely like the bell of the ball this tournament. Same with Cinderius Thornwell. I feel like he was sort of an unknown going into this tournament. As weird as it is for the SEC Player of the Year to be an unknown, mm-hmm. but well, yeah, yeah I, he's 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 no bad boy. He's no Grayson Allen. He's he's yeah. an unassuming fellow. But on the court, mm, I yeah. mean, nobody plays. It's 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 fun to watch him because he, he doesn't look like he's trying very hard. He always he always looks like he's running through molasses. 
but just somehow he just like he makes it to the basket and you know nobody's able to stop him uh he's he's amazing to watch mm-hmm. yeah and just i mean i think south carolina's defense too is what won in these games mm-hmm. um you know florida this game was very back and forth going back to the actual game yeah florida and south carolina both there were times where it looked like one of them was going to run away with it um especially in the second half you know florida get a lead south carolina take a lead and then florida just you know, went a pretty long stretch without scoring here towards the end, and that just kind of is what did him in. South Carolina mm-hmm. was able to pull away um, while Florida kind of, you know, just lost the lead. And which, yeah, we, we've seen it all year um, with Florida that those droughts of scoring kind of did them in, and this is what happened here. Yeah, I, I thought I did – one one slight against South Carolina. I thought it was really rude and unsportsmanlike how they intentionally missed the first free throw every time they got fouled at the end of the game. I thought that was really uncalled for. <laughs> baiting baiting Florida into thinking they could still win. Yeah, it's like oh you oh we missed one. You could probably come back. You might be able to tie it. No, no, you can't. Oh jeez, I don't I don't think that was on purpose. <laughs> but they did. That is, I mean, it is weird. They they did that several times. Um, but yeah, I mean, really, I mean, this is a fun game to watch. Um, obviously, it was very fun to watch South Carolina win this game. Uh, and we're we're all South Carolina fans now. Yeah, I mean, basically. Uh, so South Carolina moves on to the final four. Just absolutely insane. They're matched up with Gonzaga, the one seed from the West, the the old Cinderella. But obviously. Like that's been a long time since they were a Cinderella team. This this Gonzaga team is for real. Uh, we'll talk talk about that matchup in a minute when we look ahead. Because uh, first we have one more SEC SEC Elite Eight game. You know, if they didn't put all these SEC teams in the same game, then maybe you know there'd be more in the Final Four. But <laughs> they're they're cutting us off. I hate that. Uh, so we had Kentucky versus North Carolina, another rematch of a fantastic game earlier this season. Mm-hmm. A lot, a lot of re- I mean, Kentucky just I almost feel bad for them looking at their at their bracket. Just so many rematches. Almost. And then, you know, a tough second round game. Uh, but I don't feel bad for them. Um no. final score of this game, North Carolina seventy five, Kentucky seventy-three. Mm. Just ugh. And then they came so close. They came so close. Yeah, so this one was what I mistakenly referred to earlier with the the buzzer beater followed by a buzzer beater. Uh, Kentucky, you know, drains a three. Kentucky was down by six, or sorry, down by seven with Mm -hmm. less than a minute in this game. And then, you know, managed to hit some threes, make it back into the game. Uh, Tied it up with 10 seconds left on Malik Monk free throw. Could, just couldn't get back on defense, and uh, May hits the two-point jumper, almost a three-pointer, um, with three seconds left. Or, Well, it says three. It was like less than one second. I don't know why it says three seconds. But with, with less than a second left, um, May for North Carolina hits, hits the jumper. Mm-hmm. North Carolina wins. Kentucky letting us down, um, falling in the Elite Eight. Well, they just thought, you know, the the, uh, the rest of the SEC's rising to the occasion so well. We'll, why, we'll let uh, why we'll let South it? Carolina have the spotlight. You know, sure they deserve it. So yeah, the dream of an SEC title game is is dead, unfortunately. 
Don't. I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit sad about that. It would have been kind of cool for South Carolina, Kentucky to be the finals, uh, but we still have one team to root for as as SEC brethren, uh, and that is South Carolina, of course, playing against Gonzaga. Uh, we got we got like a full week. So really, you know, let this let this podcast simmer because this is all you got for like the rest of the week, unless you just want to watch the NIT Final Four, which like I mean, whatever. No SEC teams though, so. Why even watch, yeah. right? Why would you watch that? Uh, so, South Carolina played Gonzaga on Saturday, April 1st. That is not an April Fool's joke. South Carolina is in the <laughs> Final Four. Uh, so, that game, it's going to be at 5.09 Central Time, 6.09 Eastern Time on CBS. I don't know why they have these weird... Just say 6. Just yeah, say, it's the just, freaking Final Four. Just say... Just put it on you, can, you can put it on whenever you want. Whatever. So... I mean, just turn your TV on at 6. Uh, it's 5 Central, 6, six Eastern. South Carolina, Gonzaga. Uh, so what do, you, what do you think about South Carolina in this game? Uh, so Gonzaga, as we have as probably mentioned, um, is, is the real deal this year. Uh, they're, always, they're always excellent, but they, they are the full package. Uh, they're scoring 83 points per game this mm-hmm. season, allowing barely over 60 uh, they have one of the, I mean, they, they offensively and defensively, one of the best teams in the country. Uh, South Carolina is playing some of their best offense of of the entire season. They have not been in an offensive powerhouse this season, but they have been this tournament. Mm-hmm. And their defense, as we have said hundreds of times at this point, uh, is is excellent as well, on par with Gonzaga's on on the right day. Um, South Carolina has shown no signs of slowing down or any kind of a hangover from, you know, just waking up one day and realizing you're in the final four, you know, that can have an effect on some teams. South Carolina has shown no sign of, of, uh, of that. Mm-hmm. I I see no reason to think South Carolina cannot compete in this game. Yeah. Uh, Gonzaga's bigs worry me a lot. Karnowski especially is just, I mean, maybe one of the best big men in the country. Well, easily one of the best, maybe the best. Uh, I mean, they're going to have their hands full defending him uh, just because of South Carolina, I think, is a little bit more size challenge than that. But I, I do, I just think that, like, I think South Carolina's guards are good enough to get it done. Um, mm-hmm. Like, if if it comes down to that, uh, I mean, Sundarius Thornwell obviously is fantastic. Um, they're going to need a big game from P.J. Dozier. They're going to need to score because, uh, I mean, Gonzaga's going to get there. South Carolina's defense will definitely... I don't think we'll see Gonzaga score in like in the nineties like they have, uh, you know. No. And but I do think that yeah, South Carolina is going to have to hold them and have to be able to score because I mean Gonzaga is definitely going to be able to score. This is a very very solid offensive team, like you said, and just very balanced, like the, just no weaknesses um, to yeah. really exploit. So yeah, I mean South Carolina. I mean, as weird as it seems to say, as as it seems to say this, uh, South Carolina. Probably gonna have to play better than they played against Duke, even to win this game. Uh, but mm-hmm. with a whole week to get ready for it, I'm, I'm confident that South Carolina is not gonna come out and lay an egg. I, I think yeah. Frank Martin's and, gonna have them ready. And also, given the experience of the Duke game, which was, I mean, they, so we we need to remember South Carolina actually did not play good offense at all in the first half of the Duke game. No, the only thing that kept them alive in that game was forcing turnovers. Mm-hmm. If if they're and in the Florida game, which we just saw. Today, uh, they 
kind of kept the offensive philosophy philosophy that has been working for them throughout that entire game. Uh, and it was what what was able to keep, you know, that was the reason they won that game. They, they didn't take quick three-pointers uh, as much as they did earlier in the tournament um, and, and waste their chances on offense. So if they are able to, to stay disciplined on offense and force turnovers, which, I mean, I, I have no doubt South Carolina is going to be able to, to get the, the ball back from Gonzaga uh, mm. as effectively as, as they have against everyone else, if they can turn that into offense a little better than they have in the tournament so far, they're they're going to be able to to keep this game close. Mm. Yeah. Um, so definitely, I mean, obviously the biggest game in South Carolina basketball history. Um, each you know each preceding game this tournament has been really. So uh, let's say hypothetically, because you know we're well actually because we'll do it we'll do a podcast before because this game's on Saturday. So. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll just we'll talk about the other game in the final four, uh, North Carolina, Oregon, briefly. Uh, if South Carolina is to beat Gonzaga, they will play the winner of this game. Um, mm-hmm. Who who do you think it's going to be? Ducks or the Tar Heels? Uh, you know who I think it's going to be. Mm. Obviously, the Ducks are in their first Final Four since the thirties. Since like the nineteen nineteen thirty six, I think. Yeah. Uh, uh, so they're the team of destiny. They're going to be in the championship. Okay. All right. Uh, North Carolina is pretty good. Uh, don't get me wrong. I, I, I like I, Oregon. I, I can't. Yeah, I can't. Dis- I can't disagree. This. Uh, yeah. Uh, it'll, it'll be. I mean, I feel like if I had to pick, I'd probably pick North Carolina, just because. I mean, you know, they just look so good against Kentucky, um, and throughout this tournament. Uh, but Oregon. I mean, you know, Oregon. Oregon. They got. They got some. Th- those boys have a little bit of. You know a little bit of hop in their step they can you know they can play i mean knocking off kansas is no no sure. no easy feat especially doing yep. it by 14 points well i mean kansas in the elite eight you know that's just they <laughs> anybody can beat kansas in the, the elite eight so um yeah we'll see i mean if, if south Carolina is when we will have another episode obviously for the championship game so you only get one episode this week or one one upcoming game this week it's we're we're dwindling down well, so wait, if South Carolina loses, are we just well, we'll, never going to be heard from again? Yeah, we're just seppuku, you know. Just, <laughs> uh, no, we're not going to do that. But we will have an episode regardless next week, obviously. Uh, but hopefully it's it's one with looking forward to the next week. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, another note with South Carolina and Gonzaga, neither of these teams have been in the Final Four, uh, which feels weird about Gonzaga because like, they've been good for so long now. Yeah, I was surprised to hear that too. Yeah, so gonna be a lot of fun. I'm I'm really excited for this game. Um, should be, I mean, just just the all out barn burner. <laughs> uh, obviously, go Cox. Yep, go Cox. So um, this has been the SEC Basketball Fevercast. As always, you can find us at SoundCloud.com/slash/Fevercast. You can find us on Twitter at Twitter.com/slash/Fevercast. Um, Listen, find us wherever you listen to podcasts, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, any of that. Uh, we're on there. So, um, yeah, be sure to like, subscribe, rate us, tell your friends, give us good reviews, all, all that good stuff. Um, so we'll be back next week uh, talking about South Carolina's big Final Four victory over Gonzaga. Peace. <laughs>